This is a case that I'm sure a lot of us may be somewhat familiar with, but I wanted to take a deeper dive behind the story of Tiffany Witten's disappearance and how she vanished without a trace after sprinting out of a Walmart. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tiffany was incredibly poor at the time that she disappeared. She wasn't living in the best part of town, and her family have made it known that she suffered with drug addiction for several years. This is probably why her case never really received much media attention, because the public is usually only interested in cases, you know, if people go missing that are young, white, attractive, or otherwise. Cases like this usually get pushed aside with hundreds of other people that go missing every year, and it's truly a shame and honestly a great disservice to the families of these missing people. That's part of the reason why we cover so many missing persons cases on both Top 5 Unknowns and why I cover so many over on this channel as well. Regardless of your social status, regardless of how you were born, all of these cases need to be heard and every one of these people needs to have their chance to tell their story, whether they are still alive or if they've now died. These families need answers and the only way to do that is to shed light on some of these cases and bring them more attention. You know, Tiffany's mother said that getting her daughter's case the attention it deserved felt like almost like she was auditioning with the life of her child being the subject of that audition. She described it saying it was basically like police wanted to interview her and she had to pass some sort of interview process, obviously figuratively speaking of course, but in short, police didn't really care and they didn't want to dedicate time to someone who they perceived to be just a drugged up thief, paraphrasing of course. So as usual, a lot of the information from this story comes from a Reddit user and their username this time is TXXXWXXX. I'd strongly suggest you head over there to give them an upvote and show your support for all the hard work in gathering the details of this case. So in 2013, Tiffany was captured on surveillance video, fleeing from a Walmart security officer just after 2 a.m. She left her purse behind and tossed her flip-flops off as she ran away, and this is the last time anyone would see her alive. Tiffany and her boyfriend Ashley entered the store just a few minutes after 1 a.m. Cameras captured the two walking around the store, putting items in their cart. But according to reports, Tiffany was visibly high while walking around the store. A reporter recalled seeing that Tiffany repeatedly would fill her cart, then empty her cart time and time again. After almost exactly an hour, at about 2.02 a.m., 
Tiffany and Ashley were stopped by security officers as they were trying to leave the store. Apparently, they'd only paid for a few belongings that they put in their cart, and they planned on stealing the rest of them. Some of the workers seemed to have recognized Tiffany and knew that she was a frequent shoplifter at this location. So when the Walmart security guards tried to stop these two, Tiffany fled and ran away as fast as she could, but her boyfriend did his best to de-escalate the situation. A lot of people seemed to think that her boyfriend was acting pretty suspiciously after she ran off, but I personally don't really see that. He just seems like a guy that's on drugs doing his best to act normal and not get arrested in the process, but that's just my take. After Tiffany ran off, her boyfriend claimed that he was too afraid after the run-in with officers to drive the truck that they'd originally shown up in. The truck apparently had drugs in it, and he didn't want to get pulled over and eventually taken to jail. He says that as he walked out to the truck, he was assuming Tiffany was still inside, but she was nowhere to be seen. He then walked around the parking lot, but he still couldn't find her. The area that Tiffany disappeared in is said to have been full of traffic at all hours of the day. There was even a nearby highway and a few restaurants and a warehouse store. When searching for Tiffany, Ashley says that he crossed the highway on foot and continued looking for her, but she simply vanished without a trace, running away into the night barefoot and defenseless. Police were able to confirm that Ashley did go looking for her that evening. He was seen wandering around the area after Tiffany vanished, and the nearby IHOP employee who used to live with Tiffany confirmed this. Sheila Fuller said that she'd previously been roommates with Tiffany during her time at IHOP, but she'd kicked her out when she caught Tiffany stealing from her. Sheila had walked to the nearby Walmart to buy cigarettes and recognized Ashley's truck in the parking lot. When she left the store just a few minutes later, she saw Ashley outside sitting on a bench after he'd been roaming around looking for Tiffany. Ashley recognized her as she walked by and he asked if she'd seen Tiffany, but Obviously, she hadn't. Naturally, Sheila then recommended that Ashley try to call her, but then he pulled her cell phone out of his pocket, and she'd apparently handed it to him while they were still shopping. He told Sheila that he had friends that would be coming to pick him up to help look for Tiffany in just a few minutes, though according to Sheila, it would be almost an hour and a half before anyone would show up to pick him up. Ashley's ride consisted of drug friends, and one of these people was the person he'd actually been getting high with earlier that day. He then went back to this guy's house and proceeded to get high again, and at some point around 7am, Ashley said he drove their truck back home to Powder Springs. While this case is odd and everybody involved seems to be somewhat unreliable, Ashley does kind of seem to have done everything he could to try to find Tiffany. He called hospitals, hotels, prisons, old friends, and even ex-boyfriends, everyone he knew that may know where she is, but none of them knew anything about it. And it seems like he called every one of these businesses the moment they opened, obviously being the morning after Tiffany had run away. Though Ashley never officially reported her missing, and the only time that he told police about this was two weeks later when he was talking with his probation officer. He never even told her own mother, though the two of them weren't on speaking terms when she disappeared, so that's actually somewhat understandable. While I in no way condone using the drugs that they were so heavily involved in, it's definitely understandable that Ashley may not have done the best job searching for her. Yes, he called around and he asked everyone that knew her if they'd seen her, but a lot of people who are deeply involved with this case say that he did much more harm than good by not reporting her missing, and that definitely could be the case. Though, in reality, he probably didn't do this because he didn't want to raise alarms about the two of them getting high earlier that day. He didn't want his girlfriend to go to jail, and he certainly didn't want himself to go to jail either if he was on probation like he says. There were also several reports that the two of them had a difficult relationship, and the police had been called on at least one other occasion before so he didn't want to be suspected in her case, obviously. Though again, it does still seem like he did more harm than good as far as that goes. Now, 
People are suspecting him more than ever, thinking that he may have called all these places and talked to all these people in an attempt to cover up his tracks, especially since he was never seen on CCTV walking around the Walmart parking lot that evening like he claimed to be. According to a writer for Esquire, Cobb County was prosecuting a big-time trafficker, and this trafficker supposedly had information about Ashley and Tiffany. It wasn't direct information because the trafficker wasn't a witness, but he said that he'd heard some friends saying that Ashley and a few other people had driven to a lake in Atlanta and tossed a barrel of concrete in the water on the night that Tiffany went missing. He'd heard that this barrel was so heavy that it actually damaged the bridge on its way down. It may seem really dark, but it's possible Tiffany could have been inside of this barrel. So the water in the lake was scanned using sonar equipment, and hopes rose when it detected a large object sitting on the bottom of the lake near where this barrel would have landed. Though divers found that the object was nothing more than a chunk of concrete from when the bridge was built. Or so it seems. They never officially confirmed this, they never broke up the concrete to find out. Though the damage to the bridge seems like such a specific detail that it'd be weird if someone lied about it. It would be so easy to disprove. What also makes Ashley seem like a bit of a suspect is that he claims to have tried to call Tiffany several times on the night that she disappeared. Yet, according to the witness, Ashley had her phone this entire time. Another aspect of this case that seems pretty strange is about one of the men that supposedly helped Ashley that night. A witness said that later on, a man who was close with Ashley broke in the door of his home in the middle of the night and began shouting that men with guns were chasing after him because he supposedly had committed a crime against a woman, though he claimed he had no part in it. Obviously, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize this guy was high off his rocker, but that doesn't change the fact that his guilt seems super specific. To this day, we still have no idea what happened to Tiffany, but it seems like most people still believe Ashley is somehow responsible. So what happened to her? We really don't know. Honestly, we may never know. If the story Ashley tells is true, then maybe he did truly try to find her that evening, but it seems really strange that he would lie to police and claim that he tried to call her if he had her phone the entire time. Another possibility is that he took her life that night, obviously put her in a barrel of concrete, and threw her over the edge of that lake. He later would have called hospitals and jails and everybody in an attempt to cover his tracks. Though another possibility is that she could have passed away by sheer accident or even just a coincidence. Though since he was already being eyed down by police, Ashley could have just hid her body so that he wouldn't become a suspect. I mean, really, just think about it for one second. This guy was on probation. The cops had already been called on him once by Tiffany, and if he and Tiffany were out that evening at Walmart and something happened to her, who is the first person cops would have suspected? obviously the drug addict who had already attacked her once and has a criminal past. I don't know, these are just some theories I've kind of been tossing around, but the truth is we have no idea what happened to her. Her family is still searching for answers and her mother simply wants to know what happened to her daughter so that she can finally put her mind at ease. At this point, sadly, it seems like we're looking at more of a recovery mission rather than a rescue mission, though it's still possible she may still be alive out there somewhere. We really just don't know. Let me know what you guys think, but that's going to be the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that join button below to really help support the channel. We've also got a merch store at tynots.com, so be sure to check all that out, but I've been Tynots, you guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.